0: I'm Hello, welcome to Three Peeps and a Podcast. My name is Patch, and for those who haven't listened before, this is the regular show. We have two other shows: one called the Bonus Show, where we talk about Bristol City and post-match reaction; another called Robin's Reunited, where we get two ex-professionals from Bristol City back together to talk about old times. Um, but this is the regular show. Any episode, any episode that starts episode and a number is the regular show on um, Spotify. Apple, Google, etc. So uh, my guest host for this one is Rich Brown. Rich, how are you, sir? Afternoon, Patch. Early, early, earlier than usual, isn't it? It's usually a nighttime thing, but yeah, it I'm is. right. Yeah, we're squeezing this one in, over a lunchtime. So um looking forward to getting down to Ashton Gate this evening. You're still deciding whether you can brave the elements, aren't you? Well, even I'm actually cold
1: sitting here. So <laughs> braving the elements to probably watch over a Draw or a defeat
0: isn't. um Yeah, uh, exciting at the minute. L- lots of uh, optimism for, from you there. It's great. It's great to hear. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, after after three years, patch you kind of a. <laughs> yeah. um So let's just uh, talk about the the regular show, Rich. In the last few weeks, we've had a planetary scientist, a hypnotherapist, and an actor. So it's Mike described it, didn't he, as tangent heavy. So the the regular show can literally be. Anything or anyone, we we cover all bases. There's no kind of there's no set plan, patches. There we kind of absolutely. If we're if we're interested in it, we hope they're interested in it. The people, the listeners. So yeah, g- get them on absolutely. Well, um people staying in a job or with a company in the private sector is fairly commonplace for quite some time. However, people staying in the same football club for twenty years or more. Those sort of stories are few and far between. So when I heard that Jim Rollo had decided that the time was right for him to move on from Bath City and start a new chapter in his life, I got in touch and thought this would be a good time to celebrate this achievement. Talk about his story so far, find out about what's next. So without further build-up, let's bring him into the show. Jim Rollo, how are you, sir?
2: Hi, hi, Pat. Hi, Rob. How are you doing? You okay?
0: Yeah, yeah, we're all good. We're all good. So, Jim, before we we're going to talk about sort of what's next at the end, do this in some sort of chronological order to make sense of it all. Um, but first of all, uh, tell us about yourself. Obviously, we know you're an, an adopted Bathonian, and I had to Google that, what the uh, sort of the Bristolian equivalent was for, for Bath, but um you weren't, you're not born in Bath, are you?
2: No, no, I was born in um, Wisbeach. Uh, my parents um, sort of run hotels and pubs, so I was born in Wisbech, but yeah, moved around the country um, quite considerably as a youngster, but settled in um, a little village called Hillsdale, which is just off the Cotswood Way. Um, probably the nearest club we'd recognise is Forest Green Rovers. It's, it's probably about 15 minutes away from that little village. So, so yeah,
0: that's how I uh, sort of ended up in, in the West Country, really. Yeah, fantastic. So uh, a, a a long football career, and then on into to uh, the management side of things. But uh, tell us about your sort of journey and your your sort of foray into professional football. Where did it's where did it sort of start out for you?
2: Um, so I went along to um, Bristol Rovers, uh, centre of excellence. So I know you're at Bristol
0: City. Okay, yeah. that's the end of the uh, podcast.
2: <laughs> <laughs> fantastic. so it could be short and sweet. Um, and um, yeah, back then it was uh, Des Paul and Roy, Roy Dolan that they used to do a centre of excellence there on a Friday night and um, the assistant manager at the time was Kenny Hibbert and um, he moved into my village. Uh, and that's how it all started, really. Um, he went up to Walsall and um, instead of me starting for Bristol Rovers, I went with him up to Walsall. Um, so at 16, I was offered a YTS. So uh, two, yeah, two probably the best years of my life, I think. You know, when you speak to lots of people that have been through the, the, the YTS system with a with a pro club. Um, had some really, 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 really good times with, with those lads, and still speak to many of them now. Um, so yeah, so I left school at 16, and, and uh, yeah, left a tiny little village. You know, where my little primary school had 32 students in to uh, yeah, move up to uh, up to um, Warsaw, a place called Blockwich, and um, yeah, at 16 years old is a bit of a bit of an idler, but um, I'd say two two unbelievable years there um, under a, an Irish manager called Eric McManus, who uh, yeah was was a big disciplinarian and um, and, and taught us that attitude was really key if you want to make it a footballer. So, uh, so yeah, I ended up uh, being a white chest with him Also, just through Kenny Hibbett, really. Um, he then yeah took me to Cardiff. He got the sack. I met, managed to stay another year with um, yeah with Chris Nickel, great great guy. Sent him back, back. Um, came in the manager club there. Um, at also, um, I had a year with him. Left there, and ended up um, going into uh, Cardiff where Kenny Hibbett um, was the director of football. And uh, the famous Phil Neal was the manager at the time. The oh wow.
0: What was your sort of position? What was your position, Jim, throughout that period? Did it change your backs? I know you're a, quite a utility man, um, yeah. but uh, yeah. did you did you have a position early doors?
2: I was yeah, well, I started off well enough in all my youth football until I was like twelve as a goalkeeper. Um, <laughs> realized, yeah, realized that, uh, yeah, that I possibly could play outfield, and uh, I was a centre midfielder for for, for all my YTS years. Um, I played uh, a couple of games. Um, at right back in when I got in the first team at Cardiff um, and then ended up um, sort of in between centre, centre midfield and, and right back. In. And as you get a little bit older, I ended up playing three seasons for Bath at left back because um, we, didn't, we didn't have a recognised left back. So I saw an opportunity in the team there to play left back. Um, and then I think when I almost finished, when we got into the conference, um, I ended up playing as a sweeper. So yeah, anywhere along the back line, really, I finished.
0: How about goals, Jim?
1: I think, Rich, you've got a quick question, haven't you? My quick question, Jim, Rewind back to your Cardiff City days, how much do you remember about your first professional goal against South End? Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, yeah, not, not a lot. It was, um, it was interesting. Yeah, Coca-Cola Cup, um, I think it was the second, second or fourth game. It was a midweek game into the into the season, basically. And, uh, yeah, we were losing 1-0, I think, came on the 83rd, eight, 84th minute. And, uh, yeah, my first touch of, yeah, uh, had a diving header and the big, um, big centre-back at the time caught me on the side of the head. And, yeah, and, and I had a long time, actually. had 12 weeks off with that. Um, they wouldn't let me play. Because the concussion was so bad. And I had a couple of days in hospital. But it was interesting, really. Because um, me and Kevin Nugent shared an ambulance that night. So he'd already just come, <laughs> off, with a, he'd come off with a broken ankle, Nugent. And uh, they were waiting for the ambulance. And by the time the, the ambulance had come for him, uh, yeah, I shared the ambulance and went in with him. And, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't, don't remember anything at all. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, and it, it's back in the day. Uh, I haven't even seen any pussy to you either.
0: Oh, brilliant segue. I, I've actually been in touch with Kevin Nugent in the last week. He's going to do a Robbins reunited in, in January. So, uh, so yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice.
2: Yeah, great guys. Yeah, I spoke, spoke to him uh, during lockdown. And uh, well, we had Russ Rossman when I was tired uh, um, kind of come over as the manager and brought quite a lot of his boys over. I mean, Jason Fowler, Scott Partridge, um, ah. and uh, Scottie Patson came on loan to so had quite a bit of a, a Bristol City connection. And uh, yeah, we all used to meet up in Toppington and uh, yeah, drive across together
0: brilliant oh brilliant. fantastic um so you're you're sort of you, you've eventually found your way to bath city like, circa 20 years ago and according to wikipedia a few sort of loans in between before that as well so your love affair with bath city sort of started more than 20 years ago i think didn't it yeah
2: 1997 yeah it's funny enough um kenny hibbert um i just come into into cardiff and uh, i was playing in the reserves there and stuff and uh, had an opportunity um uh, to go to uh bath on loan under steve millard and um so I ended up um, signing a dual registration, uh, signing a non- uh, non-contract at Cardiff, and then I signed a, a non-contract at um, Bath so that I could actually play for both teams. So in the week, if they didn't have a game, I could play in the reserves on, on Saturday. And um, yeah, um, they were in the uh, they were in the conference then, struggling a little bit. And a uh, great guy, Steve Millard, uh, remember he came to the pub and met me. And um, yeah, I four, had four games back then. And um, yeah, a couple of memories from that. We got first game, um, against Kettering away. Danny Hazelhurst broke his leg and we ended up going back to the hospital, spending three hours in the hospital waiting for him. I think we left Kettering at about you know, 9 o'clock at night. Um, but yeah, it was a good bit of team spirit. You know, there was plenty of beer on the coach. and um, yeah, So that was a <laughs> first memory really of how The team spirit was really, really, really good. And then um, on the back of that, um, I think I played three games on my last game on the Saturday. Um, Cardiff had a couple of injuries in the week and Kenny um, of it said to me, um, um, there's a good chance you can come with the first team, uh, but we're playing Friday night, and it was live on Sky against Fulham, right. and uh, yeah, so I made my debut live on Sky, live on Sky at Fulham on the Friday night, and then um, I remember we, we won four, one and Jeff Icard um, scored a couple, and uh, yeah, it was great. Um, a few beers on the way home, and then I got a phone call from Steve Millard saying, "Jim, I'm, I'm just checking you're available tomorrow." <laughs> 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 And I was like, uh, yeah, of course, Steve. you've such a lovely guy. I thought, I can't turn him down. I, you know, I love the football. I'd only come on. I, I think I touched the ball once from my head. That's it. I'd come on for the last three or four minutes um, on the Friday night. So, yeah. And I remember he said, well, we're doing, um, we're doing set pieces in shape on uh, Lansdowne at 10.30 in the morning before the game. And uh, so I've got a couple of new signings. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So I had the yeah, the, the the elation of making my debut at Craven Cottage at Fulham on the Friday night. And then I was back up at Lansdowne. Down
1: so uh, stop, that's it. A- that was a light back then, was it? Was a like to kind of yeah, relate to.
2: Yeah, yeah dual, dual contracts, yeah, so you could have, you could, um, yeah, you could play for, for both clubs and uh, yeah, and we bought in, he um, bought in a centre-back, uh, Jimmy Nickel, so I don't so if you remember him, he was a centre-back at Manchester United Yeah, and uh, he bought him in for one game but sent off after about Forty minutes, I think, and uh, yeah, uh, I think we lost uh, to Macclesfield on the Saturday. But yeah, um, but uh, yeah, came down for a bump. So yeah, it was uh, that was my first loan spell with Bath uh, in '97. But um, yeah, I ended up going back and getting in the first team from Cardiff on the back of that loan, and uh, yeah, playing about 14 games at the end
1: of the season. If I remember my um, my Sunday League football at Lansdowne, it must it must have been quite difficult to kind of train anything out there with the winds and the frost and the. It's like oh, a whole new yeah, it's yeah. like a whole new there there, isn't it?
2: Oh, unbelievable! As well, yeah, it was January. I just remember you know, the wind, it was whistling around. We were trying to whip in some set pieces, <laughs> practicing uh, <practice laughs> set pieces, and I was thinking, well, you know, I could be anywhere now than time. But yeah, it, I don't know, it's such a fabulous club that, you know, you know I just wanted to, uh, yeah, it was uh, it was going to be my last game, and so I so what go along and, and turn up. But uh, yeah, we've, we've had a couple of pre-seasons up at Lansdown and even in the summer up there, it's uh, blowing a healing.
0: Yeah, I remember those days. Absolutely. So, so eventually you joined Bath, um, you know, full time so to speak as a as a player um and that that relationship went on for a good 20 years but when did you actually stop playing and how hard was that decision to to stop playing
2: yeah yeah very tough i, I signed yeah back in 2002 um originally for alan printham and they were going through a bit of a tough time you know didn't have uh, didn't have much money of a budget but I remember a chap there another ex-city lad called Paul Milson um he uh, he, I was chatting to him and he said, the team spirit's brilliant. Come along, you'll love it. And, and yeah, from that day onwards, yeah, I've, I've never looked back at the team spirit. is still there today. Um, and um, uh, yeah, I had a little bit of a move away. We got promoted into the conference uh, premiere when I was 35. And I thought that might be my time up, you know, um, after being at the, you know, getting get a promotion and stuff. But I ended up playing, yeah, another 50 or 60 games um, in, over the two seasons in the conference. Um, and then we got relegated after that and I, I became then a bit of a squad player I was coming sort of, you know, 37 um, mm. and um, I had an opportunity I did leave the football club actually for, for nine weeks I had the opportunity to play for Chippenham which right. didn't, didn't go down too well um, possibly I thought with the fans and, and uh, it, it was a real hard decision but I sat down with Eddie Britton and uh, Lee Howes at the time and they said to me um, look, you know, you, you're, you're a squad player if you want, you know, I just thought I had a little bit more football in me you'd sort of get a game He'd win and then next week I wouldn't be playing because the other lads are back injured. And I was thinking, yeah, I've got a few years left for me yet. So I decided actually, and they said, look, go off, get your football. You can always come back. So if it doesn't work out, you know, Eddie Brin said to me, there'll always be a role here at the football club for you. So it was, it was a win-win really. So I went to Chippenham and yeah, it lasted about eight, eight, eight or nine weeks and uh, it didn't really didn't really work out. So I came back, sat on the bench a couple of times. And I think I was about 39 when I played my last game, but I was playing very
3: infrequent then.
0: Well, you mentioned Aidy Britton there, so i um, got a little clip to play you.
3: Jim was an immense, immense part of Bar City from really the, the day I got there in 2005. Uh, I joined w- originally with John Relish, as manager, in the summer of 2005. And uh, there was a group of players, four or five players who'd been there previously, the likes of him and um, Evans and uh, Matty Cube, etc., Steve Jones. And, and, and a good group really to start with and Jim was clearly within that a leader um, and it wasn't long before he established the place in the side regularly mainly initially in the right back position um, and and we made him we made him our captain and uh, and after John went a few years later back in in 2007 he remind, remained my captain so he was uh, captain for two promotions in four years and um he was, he was just a natural leader. Um, I think the lads gravitated to him in the in the in the dressing room. So it was on and off the pitch. Off the pitch, he played a fundamental part in getting the lads together in a group. They were a very very tightly knit group, as tightly knit a side as I've ever known. Between about between two six and probably two eleven, something like that. Mm. Um, very much together. They they went out together socially, etc. And that. That helped us very much as a part-time side on the pitch as well. Um, and, and really, when we got you know, the next stage, International League, in 2010-11 for a few years, um, obviously the, tra- the, the travel became immense. And um, it was important that you had leaders in your group. And, and Jim was very much that leader. To get someone to come along to a club, join a club, and have longevity of, you know, that sort of period of time is really, is really quite remarkable. And, but in a way, um, if you've been in the group, it doesn't really surprise you because Jim became such an important um, member, not only of the team, but of the club. Right. And, uh, and when you think of probably Bar City over the, the, the last 20 years, um, you, you, you think of Jim Rolo. have have, have a rest recharge but knowing Jim he will get involved in football again Um, he's it's too big a part of his life uh, not to so all I would say is Jim thanks for the years the good years that we've had we've had some great times you know a couple of promotions some good cut runs etc and uh, I know you'll be hankering after that again and don't leave it too long all right all the best
0: there you go. So uh AD Britton with his faults on Jim Rollo, he says. Is that is that how we should say it? I said Jim Rollo. Yeah,
2: no, it depends where you're from. My, my dad was Scottish so it was it was Rollo up in Scotland, but it's, yeah, Rollo going in uh, to to my um my uh, my mum's parents who were from Toppington and were you know from right. the West Country, it was always Rollo for them, but yeah. Just way.
0: reflecting just reflecting on what AD was saying there about you being a leader and so important to the success of Bath City. Um uh, what for you makes makes a good leader is something that I've always asked people because you can lead by example, you can lead in the dressing room, a variety of ways. What what um, for you makes a good leader?
2: Um, I, yeah, I just think that uh, it was a natural thing for me for me as a uh, as I've come up through your clubs. I think pretty much every club I've been at, I've, um, I've took the captain's armband at, at, at Sun stage, really, uh, um, and uh, yeah, just all all the basics. Really, I think you know I was you know always on time, I was always fit, you know, I never moaned, I just got on with things, you know. Um and I understood, you know, in in football I understood um, you know, managers and people and, and people's behaviours and I could, you know, um if the manager wanted to play a certain way, I understood that and I and I just did it. So um yeah and I just think um yeah I was always uh, yeah I was always first in, I was last out and I just had such a such a passion for football, right, from a young young age and it's always a, always the thing I thought I was going to do. Um so uh yeah, and it's yeah, it's just lovely to hear those words from, from A because um, yeah, he played a big part in um, in, in some of my success at, at Bast City.
0: Yeah, he mentioned there uh the two successive promotions. That that's uh yeah, that's something to to celebrate there. And that must have been absolutely, you know, top for a for a player to experience two successive promotions and that can only galvanize a team, I guess.
2: Yeah, 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 hugely. Um, like I say I think um when he, when he sort of inherited uh, the, the team from Gary, he sort of um, inherited, um, you know, quite a good squad. And then him and uh, Rel added some real, you know, some, some really good players to it. And um, the fir- first promotion was, re- you know, really, really special because it was almost like a local league. You know, the the, the League back then, you know, you could bring them off. We had Team Bath, who were sort of like, you know, you know our, our closest rivals was playing on our own ground and stuff like that. And, um, you know, they could never beat us. But you also had, you know, you had Chippenham, you had Magnusfield, you had Yates, you had Sirencester. Mirth's over the bridge, which is quite far away, but they were, that was a tough game for us going to murtha We had Tiverton, we had Salisbury. You know, it was just a you know, every other week you thought you're playing like in a you know a real tough local Derby. And that I remember we won it down at Yates and um yeah, the scenes after that was um yeah, was absolutely uh, you know, the, the stories you can you can tell from that was was brilliant. And you know, on the back of that, you know, we had a Managed to wangle the chairman, take the pay for a trip to Newcastle for three or four days for us, stayed in the Marriott Royal. <laughs> and we had oh, a, awesome! We had a really good celebration after that. The The second promotion was a little bit different, we ended up getting in the playoffs and we played Woken, and it's on a Sunday. Um, and we didn't really fancy ourselves, um, to, to win that one as a, as a group because Woken were you know, they were they were this sort of important team, they were you know, they were, they were ready to go up to the next level, really. And um and uh, Due to the crowd, the, the the game was pushed back, you know, nearly an hour. So you know, we didn't kick off till it was almost like four, four o'clock, and so by the time we finished the Europa, but, you know, I remember the celebrations, like five or six local lads. All the other lads were going back, all the travellers to go out and work the next day, and uh, we were hunting around Bath on a Sunday night trying to find a place open after half past ten to, to get a drink. And uh, yeah, me, me, Oggy, and a few other other local lads, and that well, yeah, we managed to celebrate, um, you know, a little bit. tamer with the first promotion really, and uh, and just going back to eighty there really, it's. I sort of yeah, after the first promotion we had three years in the conference site and I think I missed two games in the whole of those three seasons. Um one until he rested me down at Weymouth and I think I was almost up for a hundred games on the trot and yeah, I wasn't happy at the time but I understood that you know, I understand still his thinking, but he said he even even now when I talked to him, so I didn't even realise but yeah. Um so but yeah, big influence on because yeah, we got we got promoted and then um, yeah I don't know whether it was good management or what he was trying to do, but I remember saying to him that if we get promoted, I'm probably gonna retire at 35, so I'm not sure I can handle it. And he, he reminded me of that when I opened the contract, talked with him. But <laughs> 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 it was interesting because he, he'd spoken to a few managers along the way and they, they sort of said, you know, how do you, you know, what's the difference and that stuff? And he was trying to get sort of seven or eight of us on non-contract just in case it didn't work out and we didn't have these heavy contracts and he could change the team and given the best opportunity. So now I'm a little bit older and been in that side of management. I can understand what he's trying to do. But I remember he rang me up and said, we're gonna offer you a non-contract, I just put the phone down on <laughs> this him for about three days. I said I oh gotta be I'm your captain just got you promoted and you're offering me a non-contractor. And, yeah and, and and you know what it was the biggest motivation you know, I needed at 35. You know I remember spending the whole of the off season you know I got myself unbelievably fit and I thought you know what I'll show him offer me a non-contract you know I'll make sure I play on that team when I get promoted week in week out and so I think it was probably a bit of both good bit of management on this bath and it got the best out of me you know I had a great time going to to, to places like Luton, Wrexham, you know Cambridge some big sides in that conference and mm. we played Luton and nearly front of 8,000 people it was amazing Brilliant. you know so that first year was, yeah, it was pretty
0: good. Why right. Going back to um the nights out and trying to find somewhere open in Bath after 10 30 surely Cadillacs was open wasn't it? Yeah
2: no not on a Sunday oh, we've had some times in Cadillacs so I should tell you yeah uh, <laughs> We, uh, any being, stories being, you
0: uh, any stories you can share? Yeah,
2: being the leader being the leader of the group, uh, yeah, we um, you know, we used to have uh, the lads used to go to so me, come on to the let this sort of another night out and I think, you know what, mate, I'm married with two kids here and we've we've already had two this <laughs> month. I'm, I'm not trying to get away with another weekend you know, but uh, <laughs> yeah, we had we had, we had we had some good times in Bath and I remember we had a we had a Christmas duo, I remember Cadillacs, you have got the steps banging into Cadillacs, you know you got we're all yeah. like, pretty much in Bath Where anyway, you go with steps we had a fancy dress do and um, we um, and Mark McKeever came with his brother, and it, they were coming as Lou and Andy, and his brother was in a wheelchair. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, I was like, look, lads, you know, whatever you do, no, no you know, I know you're in France, you just know you're thinking, but just no trouble, let's see you nice know, passing, we're representing the football club, something, you know. yeah, and they were like, guess what happens to you? Push his brother straight down the steps in his wheelchair. Oh, <laughs> oh got no way. There. Oh, I mean, Charlie's on the Christmas tree straight away, and I'm there, smooth all around right, for the banks, he's trying to not get us kicked out, and just walking through the door, basically, but... Yeah, we had some we had some good nights in our in our own bath, but we ended up, funny enough, we ended up in an Indian. And as we walked into the Indian, who was in the corner, A.B. Britton and his wife, a nice <laughs> Indian meal. <laughs> so oh,
1: that's
4: brilliant!
2: B- the lads were buzzing. Yeah, we we ordered uh, yeah eight stellars and put them on his tab. So uh, oh, God, yeah, um, uh, yeah, he was, was pleased. A, yeah, it was it was a yeah it was a, it was a difficult afternoon um, that went on the Sunday because yeah the bath is not a lot open after ten o'clock in bath on
0: the Sunday, unfortunately. But I'm gonna play I'm gonna play you another clip now. Um and it's some and it finishes up with uh you talking about some some days out. So uh here here goes another clip.
4: <laughs> Hi Patch, quick little voice note um for Jim. Um known him for a few years now. Um stayed in contact even though I left some time ago. Um and he obviously remained in a coaching capacity. Uh but very early on, hit off with Jim. He was a very good professional, lovely guy. Um, interesting, knowledgeable, hardworking, very good pro. Um, so I sat next to him on the bus on away games and I enjoyed that. And, uh, as I said, still keep in touch with him now. Just trying to think of a few stories, but what sticks out a lot is, were, were our trips to Cheltenham races, which pretty much epitomises Jim. The fact he looked after all the lads, always seemed to deliver and, and do well. And, uh, I always remember I, I knew a couple of football agents at the time and they were, uh, they had this hospitality on the finishing line at Cheltenham races so they said oh we can get a couple of you in so me and get me and jim went in sort of did a little bit of a recce and uh they said oh, that's fine and obviously it was all on the house and uh yeah long and short of it we had the whole uh bath city squad in this uh hospitality box which yeah stands out as one of the best days ever as you can imagine in fact we drank a lot of champagne so that 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 sticks out one of the memories <laughs> of jim and uh and i hear the following year he did the same i sadly didn't go but through his uh, sponsors, contacts, I believe, again, he got all, all, all the lads in. And I believe they were eating lobster and caviar uh, again on the finishing line in a box. But yeah, speak to Jim about that. Um, yeah, I hope you enjoy the chat and uh, yeah, I look forward to listening to it.
0: There you go. So days out in Cheltenham. I uh, that's I think that's where I, where I actually met you for the first time was uh, a day in Cheltenham. But um, yeah, you managed to get yourself into some good places there.
2: Oh, Pat. Yeah. Well, I remember Joe go. Uh, yeah, with uh, Lee Matthews. And uh, do you know what the, the funny thing was? Is that I think I'd gone in. Um, I'd gone in dressed as a, a jockey that year, and uh, but with are like a real smart. We're like a real smart. Coat. I think I'd done a fancy dress. I think for uh, um, the club again at Christmas do. And I remember um, going into a charity shop, and we had like a tenant to spend. And I remember buying these like um, these uh, these cords. this nice jacket. I had like a bit of a crown. So bad, but I managed to find these like hunting riding boots. <laughs> I think I got the picture, oh, classic, I remember last year, no, you've got, you got to wear that to Cheltenham I remember wearing it to Cheltenham and then we got in, got in this hospitality video and uh, I don't think I've ever left the race course in the dark and uh, yeah we, we, <laughs> we, we, we certainly left there um, yeah, well and truly uh, um, having, having a few beers and uh, drinking about certain stuff and uh, you know, it, yeah it was brilliant, I think that was one of the things at Bath that you know we always enjoyed doing I think I went to Cheltenham for about 18 years on the trot um, and and for the first few years, I didn't even look at the horse race I even bet, you know, just getting the lads together and having a, having a good day out. And as you get a little bit older, you know, you, you start to enjoy the racing a little bit more. But um, yeah, and I managed to get, um, this funny, because I managed to get, uh, the year after, a chap called Alan Alba ran a company called, um, he was the marketing director at Betway, and uh, he sort of let me down a couple of years ago after a promotion, he promised me to get me some tickets for Cheltenham for the lads, the whole squad and that, and through Blue, Blue Square Bet, and it didn't really take off. But so I reminded him a couple of years later and he said, look, i will sort you out. But he literally gave me one pass. <laughs> so I'm in like a <laughs> Betway box right on the finishing line. Unbelievable. Free drink, you know what I mean? There's lobster coming out, there's all stuff out. And I'm going, lads, you can't believe this. And then the first ra- race come up and I thought, well, what's the first race from the box? And then I'll go and find the lads. And as I, uh, well, on the uh, the, sort of, uh, the front of this box, right underneath it was the tatterstool and the lads were down there. And uh, so I thought, do you, do you know what? All I need to do is drop me pass over the top. <laughs> they can pop it on and they can come in. <laughs> so, uh, so that's what we did. And we ended up having all nine of us in the uh, hospitality pack. And uh, yeah, I totally so thank you for that. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh-huh. so I had some really, really good, really good times. I don't know whether it's stuff like that, but I remember taking my best mate, what is was he, he's probably uh, four years ago now, for his 40th. And I've never been on Gold Cup Day because of obvious reasons. And playing football, you can't drink. So obviously being part of the coach's was a little bit different. So uh, I took him there for his 40th. And uh, I remember speaking to Dave Hill, or he, um who played for Bath. Uh, for a few years, um, yeah, the hospitality walked down there, and he said, "Oh, come and have a drink." So we ended up going through these hot sites stuff. Uh, and as we're coming out, um, there's the owners' tent, and uh, I said to him mate, Ivo, we we're quite smartly dressed, up, oh, come on, mate, let's get, see if we can get in the owners' tent, after a few And we just we bowled, bowled up to up the owners' tent, spoke to the bloke on the door, ah, going yeah, She's coming to." And we just fine there, and we're, we're in the owners' tent. <laughs> yeah, <brilliant laughs> and, uh, I, 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 having a few beers, and you know, uh, yeah, great, and it was, yeah, and yeah, uh, yeah, a few, yeah few top as well, and uh, yeah, we end up staying there uh, for some
0: time as well. Which is great. Yeah, so big thanks to Joe Bernal for that message, and and Rich, you yeah. you were you were with us at Cheltenham that year as well. I think did you did you enjoy that? what what's that? Was that the same year? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was. I've I've only been once with you, lot, and that's when. Yeah, I didn't. Oh, I, I, oh, went missing. I, I didn't get into the into the, uh, the hospitality, but we we managed. You can you can pretty much talk your way into some of these places. I think we went in some champagne bar or something along those lines. But you just sort of wander around and you find yourself somewhere different at Cheltenham. If you can just if you've got the gift of the gab, you could be confident in what you're saying and kind of be blase about it I think yeah I think you you'll just walk in because they don't know they're not, not going to check you that much are they so yeah absolutely but you, so going back to football for a second Jim um so Bath, Bath City uh Obviously, Joe Bernal is a good example. Lots of players that have got links with Bristol City would would often go to Bath City, um, either at the end of their career or at the start of their career. Um, for example, Tommy Conway. He came on our podcast um, a, a good few months ago, and I asked him this morning. He said Jim was a legend in my eyes. Helped me a lot at Bath City. So you, you're you're having an impact on people of all ages. Jim. Um but that relationship with, with Bristol City and obviously it's a it's a, a, a local team, but obviously you've got Joe Burnell, Scott Murray, um Gary Hours, etc. But uh how is that relationship between the two clubs?
2: Yeah, yeah, brilliant. You know, um I think um you know we were very, very, very lucky when we went to the conference. Um Amy Brun, I think he had, had worked on Scotty Murray and Joe Burnell for about four years. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: You turn up to all sorts of different things and, and you would say, oh, I, think, I think I've got one, Jim, I think I've got one, you know. And, uh, and we had Alex Russell, you know, um, you know, some really, really good lads coming at the end of their careers, really. And, um, and uh, like to say, Joe, um, you know, tip tip a bit like myself, I think that's probably why we stayed in contact, with, really. You know, just a, a really, really, really nice guy. The, the ultimate professional, you know, uh, and what you see is what you get with Joe. And um, I remember him coming into the group and, um, you know, And him and Scotty and Alex, the three of them, when they came in together, you know, just you know, brilliant. You know, I remember doing a a training session once, and we grouped up as a four. There was me and them three, and I was just looking at stuff, thinking, "Oh my gosh, what am I? What's going on here?" You know, (laughs) know, brilliantly technically, and uh, you know, just really, really genuine, nice guys. um, So you do get the ones, you know, coming out of it. We had Scotty Partridge. Um, He came towards the end of his career from 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 Weymouth, that was obviously linked with um, Bristol City. and um, and that started, but then I think when when Gary um, sort of came in uh, to, for the second time, um, he was doing quite a bit of work in the academy as well, and we sort of set up our training venue there um, at, at Filton STS where the the academy trains. Um, and um, on the back of that, you know, that builds a brilliant relationship because you're yeah you're, you're um you're, you're there and you're um you're doing some stuff um um with with with, with Bristol City you know before after or whatever, and you get to see um some some of these lads, and I just remember. You know, I've watched um, you know Josh Hours come come through the academies and through through whatever reason I'd get there early and watch different coaching methods, watch different sessions they're putting on stuff that and look at the players that, that are coming through really. And so you get to see like the Tommy Conways and the, the Josh Hours and stuff that come through the Antoine Samuels that have come you know a little bit that that, that way really. Um, but my first real experience was when, when Gary came and he brought in Max Max O'Leary, um, goalkeeper. Um, absolutely um, you know, come as a little 19-year-old lad. You know, and le- and left the man, you know, he was absolutely first class. And I think one of the things over the years that I've seen with them um, with Bristol City that the lads that come in, first and foremost, their attitudes are absolutely exemplary. You know, they are such such good lads in terms of their mm. communication, their their work ethic, you know, their, their understanding and listening, you know, to to, to to certain people. Um and and that and that's you know as, as high a praise as I can say really and um yeah and we, and we've been lucky enough to, to keep that, you know. With Jerry coming in, you know, had a great relationship with Brian Tinian right from the start. And Brian Tinian's been brilliant for us with, you know, with 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 the with the loans. And, you know, it's great to see. Nothing better to see than, you know, when, you know, see Tommy Conway scoring a goal, you know, you know, at Bristol City. And, you know, you drop him a text the next day and say, you know, well done, mate. Brilliant. As the stage gets bigger, you know, the game's unchanged. Just keep scoring your goals and, you know, and you'll get a great career out of the game, mate. Yeah, it's it's brilliant to see. You know, I, I bumped into Anton the other day. Um, you know, and they're nice. They all stop. You know, it's not just a hello. They all stop, ask how you are, how's things, and you have a good, nice, long conversation with with, with the with the lads. And. Um, and it's um you know it's um it's a really 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 good relationship we've got
0: there. Yeah, that's a that's a really good point you say there because everyone commented on how well Tommy Conway spoke when he did come on the podcast. And it, it's it's not just how, how you spoke, but the almost the politeness and the yeah. the way they carry themselves. So it's a great great point to raise. But um just going back to Gary Hours, I asked Gary for a few comments um about you as well. Here it goes,
5: Are Jim? It's Gary, hope you're keeping well. Uh, very surprised to see that that you left Bath City recently after 20 years of service. Uh, very honest and loyal servant of the club, I must say. Um, always stood side by side with me on the pitch and off the pitch. We had some good times on the pitch. I know that you remember and I remember um, the day we went to Barnet and the FA Cup and turned them over when they were top of the conference the season that got promoted to the league and then went on to play Peter Bren in the second round of the FA Cup, which, you know, was great for me as a 30-year-old and I expect it was great for you as well as not quite 38, but, but getting there anyway. I uh, hope that you can go back and I'm sure you'll get a really, really fantastic reception from the supporters and all the staff at the club. Hope you have a really successful testimonial. Yeah, if there's anything I can do to help, then you know where I am.
0: So Gary, Hauer is there spoke about the FA Cup, and obviously we're we're in the throngs of the FA Cup at the moment. I really enjoyed that Stockport Bolton game the other evening. I don't know if you guys saw any of that, but um, tell us about the FA Cup and what that what that means to to a club like Bath City.
5: Ah, uh, it's
2: huge, really. Fundamentally, I think one is the, the finances of the football club. I think you know um, that does make or break sometimes some of your seasons, and I think after the back of our um, good good win against Grimsby a few years back in the in the FA Cup in the in the first round. Um we um yeah we got promoted on the on the back of that you know um, we were able to sign a couple of good players just after Christmas on the back of that really so so the, the finances first and foremost especially for a club like Bath that haven't got a rich owner you know that you know that um that, that haven't got the money that some other clubs have got in the, in in the division so the money first and foremost but also it for the players you know the games you're not meant to win and same as fans as players I think the games you're not meant to win are the best wins. You know, you know it's it's you know going to going to Barnet. They were flying top of the conference, about to get promoted into the Football League, and um, yeah, and we've gone there away from home, and um, yeah, rode our luck a few times, and uh, yeah, Scottie parties managed to score a couple that day, um, and um, yeah, um, <laughs> I think that was the 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 first time uh you know I'd had a cup run at Bath, um, and um, yeah, we ended up going to, to Peterborough in the, in the second round, and um, it, was, it must be just before Christmas because I remember. Gary, um, he likes to do things nice, you know, and um, we stayed in the Marriott on a Friday night um, and we had a Christmas dinner. <laughs> I was thinking, I don't normally we'll have a Christmas <laughs> dinner on a Friday night for me pretty much, I you know, like, being a uh, being professional, but I like to be, um I used to have a bit of pasta on a, on a Friday night, um, but uh, yeah, I remember having a, a Christmas dinner going up to that one really and um, yeah, the, the, the FA Cup's uh, re- re- really, really special I think the beauty on the back of that, Gary organised, uh, he was a great organiser as well, Gary, and uh, he organised uh, yeah, trip to Marbella at the end of that season for the lads on getting uh, getting through to the, the second round of the FA Cup. And uh, I carried the position on and I went eight years on the trot after that for the lads. And, <laughs> yeah, was, yeah, 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 good, good times. And I think every year is that hope, you know. I think, if you, you know, particularly we almost got to the FA Trophy semi final, uh, to the final semi final beyond penalties. And I think all the volunteers at Bath, all the fans, and there's fans that have been there for years and years and years, you know, 60 years, some of, some of these people, um, 70 years, um, it gives the whole club a day out. You know all those mm-hmm. people that put all those hours in and all those miserable nights that you know travel to, you know, to Dunstable away on a on a on a Tuesday night and you know all those of things. It just brings you know and it reunites the football club and um, I think on days like that, the FA Cups. You know that was a, you know particularly going to Barnet and uh, and then the 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 the, 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 the to a, a people was Yeah, very very good memories, good times.
0: Yeah. Rich, are you a fan? You must be a fan of the FA Cup. It's something that we always look forward to the, well, hopefully the third round draw, which means we're still in the championship. But um, yeah, it's, it's a classic, classic um, cup organisation, whatever you want to call it, that should be really looked after going forward. Well, I think obviously being my age, 50, I remember the FA Cup when it was kind
1: of you know, your traditional Curtain four of the season. You had the you had the whole morning was spent on your celebrity question of sport. You had your celebrity game before. It's kind of been tarnished a bit recently. It was you know the five o'clock kickoff on a tucked in near the end of the season. But FA Cup, yeah, been a, a lower division fan like we've been over our kind of our experiences. Yeah, waiting for that big that big draw in it, either home or away. You didn't mind who you got, but yeah, just waiting for that
0: big team to come out of the hat and your name next to it. That's always the was the dream. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Jim, you mentioned fans there. You've obviously developed a bit of a legend status uh, at Bath City, uh, both as a on and off the pitch. Um, what sort of crowds did you get at Bath City? And uh, tell us a little bit about the the fandom you've got.
2: Yeah, um, yeah. I think that one of the things they've done over the last sort of three or four years, really, is the, is the foundation has really come alive. And, and since Jerry's come in, really are you know, um, looking at the gates, you know, um, this season, you know, they're almost up to 1,200 every week, which is phenomenal. You know, um, we've um, we've always had a good core, six, 600, 600 to 800, you know, um, every season, really a really, really good core of them. And I think, yeah, um, I think one of the beautiful things about football is the people you meet. And I've got some really lifelong fans that, you know, are we'll, friends. You know, I remember I moved to Kingsham, and uh, after a couple of years of being at Bath and, um, the postman was a massive, massive, massive fan city fan. He older and stuff like that, you know, and he used to knock on my door, give him a letter have a chat and you know, just talking about football for, you know, for for half an hour or so and um, you know and he's he's a lifelong fan now, you know and he, you know I still speak to him now. Um, and yeah and lots and lots of others you know that, that are there uh, will we'll remain friends with and um, yeah the um, the following's been pretty good. I remember when we got to the trophy semi final up at um North Thurby um we ended up um yeah, we, we, we took coached and coached up there that day and the support absolutely, absolutely ma- yeah, magnificent. And and a couple of times I think we played Forest Green in the second round in the FA Cup. There was, there was uh, you know, over 4,000 there. There was, um, particularly in the Woken, the, the semi-final playoff game, there was, there was uh, yeah, there was a huge amount of uh, fans there that day. The and um, five sides sank but, you know, um, there, was, there was an hour delay in kick so I'm not sure what the final, final attempt was. So. And, um, yeah, like any, any fans really, you know, you, you get your you get your groups that you know uh, come along, and you know um, if, if you're winning, they stay with you. If you're losing, you know what, we call them chips. You know cheerleaders and critics. You know it's easy to you know to, to be a critic after the game when it's all happened. It'd be nice if you come before a game and give you a, give us a little bit of invasive, "Oh, you know, why don't you do this?" But it's always after the after the game and after the result and after the, the episodes happened. And uh, but um, yeah, large and large, you, the, there isn't too many of those at Basic Football Club. They're very 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 special group of, of people yeah. and, and people working there. You know. Lots of the fans are volunteered. They do so much work for that football club. You know, it's
1: really, you know, it's a really special club. You um you saying you live in Kingsham, uh, actually you've reignited a memory of mine. I think it must have been like 10, 12 years ago. I took my girls swimming at Kingsham leisure Centre back on a on a Saturday morning. And I'm sure I saw you in a, a coffee customer. might be in Costa. And I literally I pointed out that man there place for Bath City. He was, he was on BBC recently. I think it must have been during the, the Cup Run when Scott Murray was playing for you. I think you had a live game on BBC close to that time and I just put it out and they both look around does he does he play Bath City <laughs> <And> like, <laughs> so yeah it's like a local legend
0: walking around Kenshin absolutely local, local legend is a is is a great and you know um Bath being Bath City and I've seen lots of badges and all sorts but there's one one fan um who is really really famous and uh, a big Bath City fan who wanted to give you a message
6: Well, loyalty from players is is always something that fans respond to with great um, warmth. But uh, Jim is Jim goes beyond that. Jim Roller goes beyond that. He is the heart of the club, or he was for many years, and he epitomizes all the good things about the club: its friendliness, its um, uh, commitment, its energy, its good humour. and uh, and it was a good player too, very good player. Um, and uh, that was appreciated. But there was a positivity, or there is a positivity about Jim. And uh, that's, um, and the cheerfulness. And I think people respond to that. Um, and he's viewed with great affection. I can't think of another player in all the time I've been going to watch the city, which is now since 1974. I don't think there's another player that has the same level of affection as Jim, um, and there's going to be a big problem because this, you know the song on the terraces, don't you? Um, we love Jim Rollo because he'll play anywhere. We love Jim Rollo because he's losing his hair. <laughs> now, I mean, he takes it in good part, you know, um, and gives a wave. But who, you know, he's got to come back so we can sing it again, or the uh, the vocalist can sing it again and jim was one of the group who um who said hello to eric uh, king eric when he came around. and um and jim's um jim 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 handled the matter with great aplomb really i, I think some of the younger lads were um a bit in awe but uh, jim carried the conversation you know with great maturity um you know you've, you you felt jim could have played in the same team as eric really he, he conducted himself in such um, aplomb. a He was a good presence on the touchline, you know, it was in a very positive, warm-hearted way. Um and um yeah, the warmest good memories. I mean, he he said he'll come along to the um and stand on the terraces with us, so that maybe that's when we can sing the song. Absolutely. Um, but maybe I should say it, you know, it's been a pleasure to um to been able to sponsor Jim for the last um for several years now, so um, I, I've joked with him that he should be on our mantelpiece by now. But, um,
0: <laughs> All over sort of, the pitch, but what sort of player was he?
6: Um, well, he was skillful. I mean, he's very committed. Um, committed to the tackle, um, passed well. I think. I think, he, I think he, the fact that, that he was used as a utility player from time to time as well, and the fact he was captain mm. um, says. I mean that reflects his personality on the pitch was that he he was the center of the team um in the way I feel he's been the center of the club you know yeah. um and that he's he was respected by the team you could see that and when he g would them up they responded um but I think I, I remember him as a very competent player I mean that sounds rather dull but he was he was very reliable he was steady you knew that his commitment was always absolute um and there was an energy and a passion about it. And he, he played the whole 90 minutes, you know, there, there was something absolutely reliable about him, consistent, steady and determined, you know, and, and a great, um, a, a really strong presence in the team and that, and, uh, I know when we've, when we've shown films in, um, in the club, um, to raise money for the supporters or for local charities, Jim's always been there Always been there as often as he can um and uh, lent his support and be very positive in in his response so that's appreciated as well um, and i think for the supporters uh, as i say there's i think there's a been a level of affection for jim that that um you know w- was really unique um jim um thank you for being with the, in the around twin power for over twenty years but this is uh this is au revoir not goodbye and you've got to come back even if it's on the terraces to um to join in the song <laughs> in your name and we're, we're determined to see you again and uh thanks for all your all your efforts all your commitment all your loyalty uh, and thanks for responding to the um text that i've bothered you with over the years um congratulating you when we've won and uh, commiserating when we lost. Um, it's been a joy, Jim. See you again.
0: Right. For those who don't know, that was, don't you want to tell people who that was, Jim? Yeah,
2: well, that's Ken Loat. Um, yeah, the famous film director. Um, yeah. When you talk about lifelong fans from, from, you know, from clubs, Ken, Ken's certainly one of those and, and become a very, very good friend over, over the years. And, um, yeah, um he's got on some really, really, um, really good occasions for the football club to raise money when, we, when we've needed it, um, and always been, uh, yeah, supportive to me um, by sponsoring my kit for, for probably eighteen of those twenty years. So, yeah, yeah. Um, it's quite interesting. Yeah, I never really uh, yeah, dine out on it too much, but um, he, uh, yeah, he, he does. Uh, he, he, he messages me quite regularly, Ken, um, and, and still has since I've left, which, which, which is nice and. Um, yeah um the
0: day well, I'll, be, I'll be i'll di- be i'll be dining out on it that i had a chat to to ken oh, for, <laughs> for some time um talking <laughs> about night.
2: yeah,
0: not, yeah talk, talking about some some nights that you had with robert carlisle and eric cantona i'm interested to uh to to hear a bit more about some of those and what what he was saying about how you were talking to eric cantona um tell us a bit more about that
2: yeah um gosh, I just remember leaning up to it. um I, I wouldn't say I was a massive Manchester United fan but I did enjoy the uh the Fergie years when he brought, um, you know the, the the young boys in um through um through the class of 92 and um and um, and everybody obviously um you knew Eric Cantona was and um I just remember he um yeah when when we got the invite um that he was going to come to uh, Twerton Park to do a question and answer um you know all the lads are scrambling at Jimbo, get me involved. Jimbo, get me involved. You know, I'm a massive Man United fan. And yeah, I remember, yeah, there's me, Lewis Hogg and Sakani Simpson and, and, and a few others were lucky enough um, to uh, sort of have an hour of Ken's time before the, um, yeah, bef- before he sort of did the question and answer thing. And um, he was, um, I, I don't know. It's really hard to explain, Patch. He, he's obviously, uh, you know, I was in awe of the guy who's a superstar and stuff like that, but he made me feel like the superstar. You know, Ken mentioned that I had a conversation, you know, I could have spoke to him all day, you know, all day you know about football and life and you know he um he he just had that special power that you know he he just made me feel like I was the superstar you know and it was you know a day I will will never yeah never never forget
0: yeah fantastic and uh better known well well most well known for one of his roles in train spotting um as well uh Robert Carlyle what how was he
2: yeah um yeah I remember that was another one they did a, a, a movie night with yeah Robbie Carlyle really and believe it or not, Patch, I'm not. I'm not a music man or or a um, or a film man. You know, I, I could probably uh, tell you five films I've watched him on one hand. So oh, really? I obviously knew who he was, but if you'd asked me to name any of his films, I wouldn't have been able to do it. So it was a little <laughs> bit, yeah, a little bit embarrassing, really, when you turn up and you're not quite sure. But as soon as they put his films on and we started sat down, and you started listening to it, you could you could you know, obviously tell that he was, uh, yeah, you know, he was uh, he was big in movies. But but the one thing that was interesting um, when I had a chat with him. He, you know, he's talked about all the, you know, showing the big ones and stuff. And he he basically just said um, he really enjoyed the small films, the the films where he could properly act and be himself and all that kind of stuff, really, he said. But it just didn't pay the bills. So every now and again, he had to, you know, he had to go on and do a, a huge, um, yeah, a, a big a big blockbuster film, really, to, um, yeah, to pay his way, really. And that he, was, he was a very interesting, uh, yeah, humble guy
0: brilliant well um for those who who um haven't seen some of ken loach's films i know rich you're probably a massive fan of kez okay well yeah gr- well growing up i was kind of i guess i was that age when it's kind of set really even in the 70s was wasn't it? Yeah. it was a great
1: film can't remember that the actor who played the teacher but it's a great drama slash comedy kind of black comedy i'd say kez mm-hmm. it's a great film i think everyone's seen it at school at some point just one of these great British films that everyone knows, really, and that, yeah, that just, the football scene and it was brilliant.
0: Yeah, it just reminded me of um, what it was like when I, when I first went to to the the Grange School in Wormley It had that sort of still had that sort of feel. By the time I by the time I left, it it sort of school had changed a little bit. But yeah, it's it's something. If you haven't watched it, please please do check it out and and um and also I Daniel Blake as well, very very good film, and obviously Eric canton I was there to to promote um looking for eric as well so lots of lots of great films and a massive thank you to ken loach to gary hours to joe Bernal, and to ad britain for giving those messages and uh hopefully uh jim you know how much you are loved by those people
2: yeah you know it's um yeah i don't know it's almost when i when i did it I had a few things stuff like that. it's almost like i passed away you're getting all these you know <laughs> all these lovely words said about you all these different things and stuff like that really and um yeah um it, yeah a special time in my uh yeah in my life um you know be, being at the football club and um like i say you know uh, met some amazing 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 people um and yeah it's not until like you say um you sort of step away really and then you hear those you know you know those lo- lovely words um that, that, that people say about you so um yeah no i'm glad um i'm glad i got the invite onto this uh, uh guys and um yeah it's um yeah very 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 emotional
0: thanks jim thanks so much well let's just briefly finish then with um what next what next for 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 jim obviously uh, you, yeah you, you said you you will go back and and watch bath city as a supporter which will give a new angle a new perception for you and uh what else is going on in your in your world
2: Yeah, so it's still, yeah, I still, you know, I think about football, you know, pretty much 24-7, you know, it's ingrained in me really. But, um, you know, I've I've turned 45 now and I don't know what it is with, you know, we've been very lucky with non-league football because I think when you've been a pro and then you've played in non-league football, the difference, you know, the, the pressure on you as a pro, you know, you know, out in the world nowadays is really, really difficult. Whereas a non-league player is a little bit different. You could have a beer, you know, you could do all your different stuff. You've still got the same match day experience as what you get as a, as a professional. And also you had a second income coming in because, you know, all of us had jobs and stuff like that, really. So mm. I think being, you know, people say, you know, everyone wants, strives to be a professional footballer. I can honestly say to someone, you know, non-league football is probably, you know, it, it is, it's just as good or better in my eyes on the fact that, like you say, you can... You can still live your life um, with some normality, um, but um, you know, but still enjoy and still enjoy the beautiful game, really. Um, and um, you know, I've managed to, you know, through the PFA, you know, you know, re-educate myself, you know, get get a good job and and do that kind of stuff, really. And um, and that's one of the you know one of the big reasons really where I'm at really in in my stage of my life really is that uh, I don't ever see myself as being a football manager in the football league or you know anything like that full time, so. You know, um, I think it's time for me to, you know, concentrate on my other, you know, my other sort of uh, passion, which is, uh, you know, which is health and well-being. And, um, you know, I've got a, re- a really, really good job and coming back out of lockdown, as we know, um, you know, the health of the nation is not not, not great. And, um, you know, it, I've got a great opportunity uh, in in my line of work, really, to, um, you know, to, to do something and make a difference to our sort of community's health. And um, so, you know, I'm, I'm a really passionate guy about certain things that I do, and I don't think I could... You know, carry on the the commitment that I was given football, um, and and commit to, to to my work and my family and all the other things that, that that's going to you know going to going to go ahead over the next sort of year or so um, in terms of work ways, really. So. Um, yeah, I've got I've got no plan really at the moment. Patch, I, you know, it was nice. It was the first time ever. I think I took my wife away this weekend for her birthday, whereas normally I wouldn't get to take her away because of football. Um, so yeah, we had a nice weekend in Cheltenham, and um, I plan to have a nice Christmas with the family, and um, you know, and and not have to worry too much about you know um, games over o- over the Christmas period because as we know, you know, football's great, and I think I'll do it as a as a as a spectator this year as a, as opposed to you know being involved really. And um, yeah, um, the yeah. the the weekends have changed slightly, you know, the anxiety on a Friday night of, are we going to win tomorrow? Have we picked the right team? You know, all the things that we need to do, you know, as coaching staff and management and things like that to, to, to give the fans the result that they're looking for, really, Um, you know, all those anxieties on a Friday and on a Saturday morning have all gone, really, but, you know, I do miss that. You know, I, I picked up the result on Saturday when they beat Concord, scored in the 80th minute, and you see the roar at Twerton Park when they, they've done that. And um, yeah, there's still a little bit in me that <laughs>
1: that, that <laughs> of, of uh, you know, will I will I get back involved in football? I'm not quite sure at the moment. I um I did read on the website you have been offered a testimonial. Is there any any information on that one?
2: Yeah. Um, I've not, yeah, I've not, um, it's funny because, uh, one of the, one of AD's little icebreakers really, I think when he was trying to get me to sign a non-contract was that they offered me a testimonial then, um, for my, for my services. And, uh, and I've always put it on hold really. I always had in my back of my head that I'd, um, I'd have it when I finished playing and then obviously I went into coaching and stuff. Like that, and I always thought I'd have a testimonial. Yeah. When I, when I sort of leave the football club really. Um, so, uh, yeah. So now, uh, yeah, now I've left, um, yeah. Um, Jerry's going to be, um, chairing that, um, for me. So, um, yeah. Um, as soon as we get the sort of uh, christmas period out of the way um we will have sort of a meetings in uh, early january hopefully and um yeah and uh, and start planning a, yeah a
0: testimonial game bath city versus bristol city i think it's got a nice ring to it
2: yeah, that, that would be nice. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, yeah, so there's a few a few few options, hopefully on on the on the on the cards. And uh, yeah, I remember Scotty uh, Scotty Murray said, "Ah, oh, getting all, all star all star eleven down for you, all, all different stuff <laughs> like that over over the years and stuff." But yeah, no, all joking aside, I think like you say, it's a uh, you know, it'd be a great opportunity for me to go back and thank all the all the fans and uh, you know to to uh, yeah to have a to have a special day back at the football club and. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to yeah organising it and planning it. So.
0: Okay, so coming on to uh, one of our regular segments that we do on the regular show of Three Peeps and a Podcast, it's called Room of Doom. Uh, it's a bit like Room 101, uh, but uh, we we put something forward that um, that annoys us or irks us in some way, and then we all vote on who's who's the winner of this week's uh, Room of Doom. So uh, Rich, I don't know if you want to go first. Oh, Patch, if I could
1: make everything wireless, I've had enough of cables nowadays to... Now, going back in the office recently, trying to get the plug your um laptop back in again. The cables they seem to come alive. Like they just, you leave them flat, yeah. You leave for an evening or an hour, they they're tied up in knots. What happens to them? Yeah. Is, is it like Toy Story where they literally come alive and you could throw hose pipes into that or vacuum? Or every every cable just doesn't want to behave.
0: So cabling. I wonder, 100% with you there, Rich. I think we can't be far away from a desk or a table that has got some sort of wireless power, you know, wireless charging built into it for dap your laptop down on it, dap your phone on it, dap your watch, you know, and then we can do away with cables. I'm I'm with you there. I don't. I think the future is the future is looking bright for you, Rich, in terms of uh, getting rid of cables. <laughs> well, I reckon if if I went mountaineering and I wanted some
1: life saving equipment just take a vacuum just take a vacuum because you would fall off the cliff and that cable will
0: catch on something and save you so <laughs> it doesn't mean i didn't i, I don't know cables yes. here it's a good it's a good shout um i'll go next uh so mine is uh dangly lights above tables now in the last week i've banged my head on one of those sort of dangly bulbs things that hang down the middle of the tables in a pub and then yesterday in costa so i know i'm six foot five but they shouldn't be they shouldn't be dangling down where they dangle it should be a bit higher and and take into consideration that not everyone um is the size of a hobbit so uh so that is my entry jim what have you got for us
2: well i've been thinking uh long and hard on this one but my um yeah mine is um i um i like to buy you know lovely nice 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 trainers and unfortunately for me my wife's just about half size um smaller than what i am and um and, um, yeah, I like to keep my trainers when I buy them nice and pristine. So, um, you know, I look after them nice and, um, I recently bought a new pair and, um, I left them downstairs and, um, I came in from work the other day and she'd done some gardening in them, and there was <laughs> mud all over them. So my bugbear is, yeah, I just love clean, clean, clean trainers. And, uh, yeah. So whenever I buy trainers, I have to hide them away from, uh, and not leave them around because, uh, yeah, it's not the first time that she's, uh, that she's done it. So, uh, it's, uh, oh, yeah, that, that's, that's a bugbear of mine.
0: So, so when your wife borrows your trainers and does gardening in it, is Jim's entrance? <laughs> <laughs> very, very niche, nice one. Okay, so Rich, what are you going to go for? You can vote for for me with my dangly lights, or you can vote for Jim with his wife borrowing his trainers. I'm not. I'm not going to go with the dangly lights because I think that just seems the new
1: trend now with dangly lights. And also, I'm not as tall as you, so I didn't get in that <laughs> problem. Uh, I'm not. saying Not say Borrow my trainers, but. Yeah. The wife will wear slippers, slip your slippers yeah, on. Exactly. Yeah. No, she'll slip. yeah, back up. I, I bought some slides recently. She she put those on when she goes out to the garden to either fetch the washing or sort out the dog. Yeah. Like a, I can't find them because they're on her feet. So I'm looking yeah. for them or she's got, yeah, well, she's dirted them. But if I could, if I could recommend a uh, gym, there's a thing called pink stuff. It's like a, it's like a paste. That's very good for uh, getting your trainers back up to scratch. Uh,
2: brilliant thanks rich
0: yeah nice tip there um i'm gonna go for rich because that's that's one that that i've thought of many many times um and now that i'm sort of venturing between the office and between uh working from home i'm having to constantly unplug and take wires and cables and uh, laptop chargers etc to and from the office so uh, yeah i'm with you there rich and i think as i say the future is bright on that one um jim you've got to vote between uh, between riches and myself well, uh, I
2: think I'm gonna have to go for yours, Patrick, because obviously I've got some wireless uh, AirPods today that have run out on me. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> if I had the old-fashioned, I had the old-fashioned ones that just clip into my, uh, to, my to my phone, then uh, I wouldn't have that problem, would I? So yeah, I'm yeah. going for your uh, yeah. I'm quite tall myself, and I always oh, bangle. sorry, the dang-
0: the dangly lights. Okay, I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a good choice. So I think um, is that one vote each, Rich. It's a score draw. Okay, it's a score draw on that one um so yeah let's just stick them all in room doom i think and have have done with it so everyone's everyone's happy um right last segment rich That just uh recommendations tell us what you've been watching at the moment and um and what what people might want to enjoy
1: the thing is patch i haven't really got any recommendations because i haven't seen nothing new since squid game also i've been watching this week is the jerk well, one like the jungle is it? it's the castle now only yeah. because only because everyone else is watching it
0: so i thought i better keep up. just that's a thing but no i've got nothing new to recommend i'm afraid Okay. Um so I've started watching The Tower uh on ITV so I would recommend you check that out. I'm always looking for the next sort of popular drama in the absence of things like Line of Duty and and that sort of thing and I always quite enjoy the um you know those those sorts of things. So I'd check that out. And also, I don't know if you've ever watched McDonald and Dodds. Uh it's a detective show based in Bath and Jim you might have heard of this one but they're actually filming in my estate At the moment, they've put up a massive marquee on the grass, which is probably going to ruin the grass. But um, hey, ho. Anyway, that's being filmed. Jason Watkins is in it. You may recognize him from Trollied. um, The importance of uh, sorry, the what was it called? The the Jenny Yates thing christopher something yeah christopher j christopher jeffries yeah so he played christopher jeffries he's in nativity those great christmas uh, classics absolutely yeah, absolutely yeah he's a big big star so um, i'm i'm gonna go for a walk in a minute and see if i can spot him so i'm on guessing i guess if i film in your estate is some sort of like drug dealing storyline is it or yeah gritty gritty hard drama yeah joy, absolutely
1: <laughs> joy, joy riding <laughs> burnt, burnt out cars all those kinds yeah of things.
0: yeah no exactly but uh yeah couple of, well, I'm going to recommend to myself to go and watch the previous (laughs) seasons of that. But uh, Jim, you're not much of a movie man, as you've just said, but uh, what's about, how about TV?
2: Yeah, no, exactly that, Pat. Yeah, I, um, yeah, I'm a a Sky Sports man or, uh, yeah, listening to podcasts or doing some different stuff, really. But I have recently watched the Angela Black series on a Sunday evening. Um, So I don't know if you're familiar with that, but um, yeah, I caught caught the first one and uh, yeah, I, I got sort of uh yeah got sort of um in, into that really and um yeah I, I missed a couple along the way so yeah i've just caught up on those over the over the last week or so um but um yeah not huge fan of uh not a huge fan of the tv okay what's well, so angela black you're not, you're not uh, missing much jim You're not missing.
0: Much. <laughs> tell us a little bit about angela black what uh what channel is that on
2: it's uh it's on itv i believe but it's um yeah it's a it's a sort of crime crime drama where she was sort of framed by her uh by her husband um he was trying to get her yeah get her uh get her put in prison and uh, getting the kids taken away and stuff. And yeah, had mm. a few good uh, plots, a few twists and turns to it. Um, but uh, yeah, she she managed to uh, yeah, without um, spoiling it for everybody, she managed yeah. to um, yeah to to turn it around on him and the person that he was paying to yeah to to set her up. Um, managed to set him up. So yeah, there very
0: interesting. Yeah, well, it's always good. Starring Joe and Frogget, I believe. Oh, Rich is aware. There go, we go. On, Rich. Yeah, Impressed. <laughs> nice one right we're gonna park it there um again jim a, a massive congratulations on 20 years of of loyalty and f- we've we've heard lots of different comments from from different people different walks of life of of the type of person you were and uh yeah just want to say a massive congratulations and good luck for whatever you turn to next rich
1: yeah just to uh just copy that really um jim such, such a great privilege of me to actually chat to you knowing you're a local legend and yeah whatever you do in the future
0: may it be brilliant Uh, brilliant thanks guys really appreciate it take care Jim and thanks to everyone for listening we'll be back uh, tomorrow uh, which is going to be Thursday the 25th with our reaction to Bristol City versus Stoke City so uh, that's the bonus show coming back but for now thanks for listening and we'll be back soon take care cheers everyone cheers all cheers Jim
1: the feeling of home Warm smiles Crash and burn And the wheels keep spinning Throat of a gentleman. As it's-